Now it's time for the Southern Cross. Welcome back to 95BFM and we've got our Southern Cross segment. So with me today is Pacific Media Watch contributing editor Sri Krishnamurthy and also director David Roby. How are you both today? That's good. Um, I thought today we'd dive into something that has I've seen actually floating around a bit and it's um, pretty pretty distressing stuff that has been happening in Papua New Guinea in regards to the um, the death of Jim Kennedy uh, and I thought we'd talk about yeah, kind of uh, domestic violence in Papua New Guinea today. So uh, David, do you mind kind of giving me a summary of what has happened so far? Well, basically, um, this tragic uh, death of Jenlyn uh, Kennedy was uh, Tuesday last week, uh, and she had been um, allegedly tortured. Uh, I don't, in fact, I don't even bother with allegedly because mm-hmm. there's so many witnesses. It's, it's a terrible story, really. So for six six days, she was uh, tortured, uh, and finally died on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, she was supposedly uh, attended to by uh, two medical people, but I'll talk about that in a moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, the doctor. Uh, uh, three guys uh, took her to hospital, to Port Moresby Hospital, um, lifeless, uh, and the doctor attended there was absolutely horrified. Uh, Photographs were taken at the time of her injuries. Um, And uh, she died, allegedly, at the hands of her uh, partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, She had eloped um, with him, uh, um, uh, a guy called um, Abosip Kaiwe, who's the son of a very well-known bodybuilder. In fact, he's a Pacific champion uh, for uh, for a number of years. Um, And uh, apparently the father actually um, turned him into police Mm -hmm. uh, and so on, so he's been charged with murder. Um, but uh, it's cr- you know created enormous shockwaves uh, through the nation. Um, but uh, there've been ten deaths uh, of women and girls mm. in the last four years in yeah. Papua, all in terrible uh, so circumstances. I wanted to ask on on, I mean, often often gender-based violence and domestic violence is so underreported, and this is completely tragic her death. But I just imagine that there must be. I was having a quick read, and the rates of domestic violence are quite high in Papua New Guinea, and so. What support systems are there for women? Well, of course, there are NGOs and uh, support uh, groups and so on, um, but the, it's, it's, it, there's a huge uh, cultural um, problem to start off with. And uh, uh, I'd say that it's the most complex um, country that I've worked in as a journalist and also to teach journalism. Um, you've, got, you've got a country of uh, 600 more than, uh, sorry, 850 languages, not just languages and not dialects, uh, language groups and ethnic differences uh, and so on. Um, um, and by and large, many of the um, cultural um, uh, tribal groups and things are still quite tribal in many parts of the country, uh, women are treated as property. And uh, so um, in the cities, in the urban areas, and spe- especially in the media, because um, a lot of really courageous uh, women journalists are covering issues like this and so on, find that they've got an, uh, a really dist- distressing uh, uphold battle to mm. uh, confront these um, cultural mores, uh, um, and um, so that's been one of the things that's been quite a, quite a big uh, a big challenge. Um, but also, it's 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 an incredible ethical dilemma because, like um, in typical journalism, um, you know, codes of conduct and codes of um, ethics and so on. Um, generally, the practice is uh, not to publish uh, photographs of um, uh, of dead bodies, uh, particularly ones that have been uh, you know, subjected to such horrible. Uh, 
um, treatment and cruelty and so on. Um, and um, the journalist that's been um, the forefront of this um, this case, um, Rebecca Kuku, uh, she's uh, one of the senior journalists uh, for the National Newspaper. Um, she took a very courageous decision because knowing full well that the sort of the ethical weight is, or oh, we don't publish these sort of pictures, she left the media conference on Thursday with the family of um, of Jenlin, who had been describing what had happened. And she was so distressed that she said, look, I felt so upset that I just really felt like um, just uh, breaking down and sobbing or punching the wall. And she said she left to go back to the newspaper to write her story, um, and but then sort of went back straight away uh, and then asked the family, can we, can we use this picture? Uh, it was a horrendous picture um, of um, Jenilyn. And the family said, yes, yes, we, 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 we want this as a lesson uh, mm. for, for the authorities. Because I, I so wanted on. to ask on that, because I was having a quick read through, and um, Rebecca very much wanted to empower women and to stop this kind of thing happening. But I, I just wonder that this can be extremely traumatising for a lot of women who might see the picture or, or vulnerable people um, in these difficult situations um, with family members. And so I guess the ethical dilemma is... I understand she's trying to empower women, but are the support systems there to empower women to better safely exit these situations? Well, there are systems there and there mm. are groups and that sort of thing, but probably un, un, um, very much under-resourced. But I think that this is very much... Uh, she represents uh, many of the journalists and many of the women, look, enough is enough. We have to do. So, we have to force the politicians to actually do something about this instead of all the lip service uh, mm. talk. Even the Prime Minister, James Malapi, you know, sort of said, oh, this is very bad this sort of thing, you know. But they've been saying this for years and it's gone on and on and on. Um, and in this case, with her and the publication of the photograph on the front page of The National, um, I think one thing they should have done was made an editorial comment uh, explaining why they were running this uh, photograph. Um, and she, uh, Rebecca herself, she encountered all these uh, really nasty, horrible uh, criticisms even from you know journalistic colleagues, especially around the Asia-Pacific region and Australia and New Zealand and that sort of thing, uh, criticising the newspaper for doing this without knowing the debate and discussion that had gone on beforehand. And Rebecca had actually sort of gone to the editors and um, the editor-in-chief, uh, Christian Bunyan, mm. uh, she's actually one of my former students way back in the 90s uh, when I was teaching journalism mm. at the University of Papua New Guinea. But anyway, um, Rebecca managed to persuade the, uh, the, the, her editorial team that they really had to do this. Now, after the photograph was published, um, in, in response to all the criticisms and so on, Rebecca then circulated uh, on Facebook uh, a message explaining uh, what she was doing. Uh, and then that was withdrawn. But I actually read the message and I got in touch with Rebecca and I said, look, you know, this is really important that uh, both sides, uh, you know, We've got the criticism of the photograph, mm. but the thinking that went behind about publishing, it really needs to be explained. And so could we have permission to publish her message? And if I may, could I, could I just quote a little bit from her, okay, yeah. her uh, message? Because she sort of said, um, I know it's a really hard decision to make. And uh, so thank you. And when she's meaning thank uh, you to the editors, mm. the people that supported her on the decision. Jenilyn's uh, um, story needed to be told as a reporter a woman, a mother, a sister. I failed to be her voice when she was alive and I'd be damned if I would fail her now in her death. Her voice needs to be heard and that picture was used to ensure her voice was loud and clear and to also awaken the authorities who seemed to be sleeping. 
to open their eyes to the realities of gender-based violence. Men who beat their wives can see that picture and start realising that one day they too might beat their wives to death. Women who are still trapped in violent marriages can see that picture and feel empowered to leave because I'm sure no woman would want to die like that. It was a wake-up call for the citizens to realise the horrific realities of GBV so they can check on their daughters, sisters or friends and help them get out before it's too late and so much more. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I understand that, that statement, I guess. My question is, uh, how do I phrase this, is, is that often often you want women to get and, and vulnerable people to get out of these situations and, and my question is there's a lack of uh, support from I mean would you say the community or lack of support from authority figures and so my, my concern would be with this kind of a publication would it place women in more vulnerable situations because of it or would you, have, have there been positive discussions arising from this? A very good question, mm. and I don't think that I am certainly yeah, the person course, who can course. really, really yeah. answer that at all. Uh, but certainly it's triggered off an enormous debate. And bear in mind that uh, in Papua New Guinea, uh, the daily newspapers only publish Monday to Friday. And then there's a, a Sunday paper, the Sunday uh, tri- uh, uh, Tribune, and that has uh, uh, got a much smaller circulation. Newspapers have to be distributed across the country by by air. Mm. Uh, there are no, from the capital to other major cities and so on, there's no actual no road uh, connection so radio is really important in terms of uh, the debate and that debate debate is very strong on radio at the moment Um, but I I, I would think that as a result of this there's going to be a lot more discussion about uh, putting resources uh, available and so on and so that's something that probably we we could uh, address and follow Mm -hmm. through and see what uh, what actually eventuates from the discussions and uh, and further articles. Definitely important to keep an eye on and see, see what happens further um, and also today I wanted to quickly touch on the second issue that we were going to talk about, which was what's happening in the Cook Islands. Yes. Yes, um, and so from what, what I understand, that they're trying to uh, ban journalists on covering uh, a coverage of travel allowance? Yeah, yeah. A, a, a political editor, Rashnil Kumar, who I spoke to, yes, I, mean, I contacted him on message yesterday. And he's, he's all right, but um, he's very disappointed because most of the people in the um, Cook, Islands, Cook Islands News are expats, as as well as the editor, the Jonathan Miller, who used to be who used to be work for stuff, and um, so um, he's he's now facing a ban from Parliament, um, which the which the Speaker Nikki Rattle is going to be is going to be making a decision on pretty soon, and. Um, the, all, all over the Pacific, um, Pacific media freedom groups have um, have have collectively to, um, to ask um, or asking Cook Islands not to do that because the, the, authority, the authoritarian creep of um, under COVID nineteen mm. seems to be uh, seems to be um, coming coming down very hard on journalists. Mm-hmm. And my my final question for today is. Uh, what are we looking forward to from the Pacific Media Watch for the next coming week? Uh, well, David has got a webinar on Wednesday mm. um, on West Papua, where he's going to be talking, <laughs> talking to, talking to, and talking from the journalist's point of view, and um, and, and against um, uh, against he's going to be speaking against the Indonesians, oh. um, Indonesian foreign minister, mm. and Indonesian foreign officials. Yeah, that'll be an interesting webinar for sure. Especially, I think recently as well, I've heard that there's been criticism around New Zealand and Australia's uh, lack of 
lack of involvement in terms of criticizing what's happening in West Papua. So yeah, I mean that's that's it's it's straight. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's there's nothing else for it. Mm-hmm. I mean that's why that's why they're very, being very very quiet. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much for popping into studio, and you can um, check out with more updates on what's happening in the Pacific uh, on the Pacific Media Watch Centre website. That was the Southern Cross.